Hey everyone, it's Shanika. So before you start this episode, I wanted to give a trigger warning about the 11 and a half, 12 minute mark. We do bring up a certain case that does involve sexual abuse. So I just wanted to, like I said, give a heads up to whomever it may trigger or affect. As always, thank you so much for listening and supporting. Welcome to Self-Created Podcast with Janelle Simmons and Shanika Pishi, giving you resources and gems to create your best self. From books to recipes, local happenings, culture, and everything else in between. Helping you to learn or unlearn because each and every one of us are creators. Hey everyone, we're back. It's Shanika and Paige and we are here to discuss episode four of Pam and Tommy. Hey Paige. Hey, good afternoon. I feel like we just did this less than 24 hours ago, but I'm ready to go again and get into episode four because it's a great one. Yeah, it is a really good one. Um, so today we're discussing episode four. Oh, crap, I did it again. I forgot to get the title of the episode. Do you have it on you? I don't. Uh, okay. <laughs> it's so professional. <laughs> I'm trying to see if I can like look real quick. Not that it really matters anyway. I mean, if we're going to win an Oscar for podcasting, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's out the window at this point. Episode four, the master beta. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So um, episode four, it the tape is out and you start to see the process. And this is the episode um, because, you know, Paige and I, we've talked, we watched these episodes a couple of times, maybe like two to three times, the first time to just enjoy. And then the second, third one is to go back, take notes and like, you know, notice what made this the first time. And um, I just remember the first time I watched this episode, this is when I just started feeling really uncomfortable. Um, just to know, like just putting yourself in their position that you're just like living life so happy, found out you're pregnant. And at the same time, there are disgusting human beings going and buying this exploit tape. Like I can't even fathom how I would feel. I agree. I agree. It's, I mean, you feel, and and we'll get into this, it's probably more towards the end of, of this episode I would say but you really start to feel for Pam that's like for Pam I mean it's like I was talking to um Shanique and I have a mutual friend named Sherry today and you know I never just in my this is me because I'm I'm a time I'm a Motley Crew girl that's who I am but Pam was really so much deep than she was ever given credit for she really was a deep chick and people just looked at her as a pretty face yeah yeah listen I always knew it was there <laughs> You got me. You got me. Uh, okay. So, um, like I said, the episode starts off with people are going online and they're discovering the tape and, um, they are writing the checks. Um, they send it to an address that is in Toronto. The person in Toronto then goes and faxes the addresses, um, to Rand, right. To like his studio, um in LA and then the tapes get mailed out yeah and um, at the time the, the tape the big the thing was the tape was 59.95 and that was a lot back in that period of time because you know mm-hmm. now I mean you'd go online and watch porn for 250 I mean two cents. I mean it was just depends I mean if you think of the rise of only fans now and people you know charging $200 for a foot picture but at the time for a VHS tape $60 was a lot of money but yeah in this episode the checks were like 
flowing in left and right. Yeah. And then you show that the money is getting um, transferred to Amsterdam. There's a disgusting scene, a guy with his box of tissue and lotion and they're watching the exploit tape. So that I don't know. That was just kind of like a rough evening for me. Like I didn't feel good. <laughs> yeah, it, it was gross. So hey, let's keep it moving. Let's cue Tommy and Pam get the sonogram of the baby. Yes. Okay. And <laughs> I, I I'm thankful that I watch shows on um, closed caption. But anyways, um, so we cut to them. They get the photo of the baby, and they're both excited. And they say the heart is strong. And then Tommy says, it's like a 4-4, like kickstart my heart. <laughs> um, kickstart my heart is a Motley Crue song. It's actually, it's your, one of your favorites from them, it's, right? It is, no, it's, it kickstarts my my absolute favorite. It's my absolute okay. Every time I put it on, it makes you want to drive like 150 down the highway and, you know, do an eight ball of cocaine and all that stuff. Not literally, but figuratively. It's just one of those songs that just, yeah, get you going. Kind of like it Crazy Train by Ozzy, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, kicks, I was actually listening to it um, a couple weeks ago. There, when one of the um, spin instructors used to play it a lot, but I kind of just like the part in the song, and I know we're going off tangent a little bit, but I like the part in the song when he's like, yeah, we just started the band um, just to have some fun, and all these years later, we're still kicking some ass, and yes. um, I think even now that has more meaning because they have come back as a prominent band, you know, like what, 30, 40 years later, you know, they had their dip, and now they're back and they're still kicking ass and for the most part they have their shit together and are still really loving and enjoying what they're doing so um, yeah and and i love the part because after the sonogram which you know it was very childlike because you know we both know that there you know pam's very kind of impish angelic and then tommy's childlike because he's never grown up so that whole scene was very childlike mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. after that scene because i'm gonna jump in here because this is the first time you get to see motley crew uh-huh. so pam and tommy that you know pam uh, tommy kicks in the door of the studio and walks in and he says guess what fuckers i'm gonna be a dad on purpose for the first time <laughs> And it was just so funny. It was just so Tommy. And it's like the band, it's like nobody, like the lead singer definitely doesn't look like Vince. And I get that the band is really not part of this show, but as a Motley Crue enthusiast, I was a little bit disappointed with that, but it is what it is. You could have tried harder to find like a more. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I get it. Maybe they were working with a budget and the budget was for, you know, Lily and Sebastian. And I'm good with that. Um, but it was fun. It was funny. And it was, it was definitely, I'm, I'm sure that hundred percent happened in real life. I am sure that was not embellished that hundred percent happened. I could totally see him saying, I'm going to be a dad on purpose. Cause I even wrote that in my um, notes. I was like, that is such a Tommy thing to say. Um, so you know, they're celebrating. Pam has a champagne. She's like, he's thirsty, which I was like, Ooh, wait, hold on. Who in that band is sober? And who's not sober? <laughs> That's where I think my the mind only went. person, pretty sure the only person that was sober at that time, uh, now Nick, was, Nick was sober and Nikki was sober, but I don't think anybody else was sober at that time. Okay, cool. All right. So, um, Rand goes and sees Erica and, um, gives um, her some more of the money that he owed her and still not enough for the divorce. And she's actually on set, you know, so it's in between her um, scenes and she is reading a book and it's an Anne Rice. It's part of like the interview with a vampire series. And she's, they start talking about how he 
got her started on that obsession. And I guess they put that in because again, Rand has talked about how he kind of studies different religions and whatnot. And so, you know, he would be an Anne Rice fan. And um, I just thought to myself, I actually made a promise to myself, I'm going to actually get into Anne Rice and read um, the series this year because I do like the movie. So I was like, oh, huh. So, she was so huge back in the day. And I remember, um, you know, um, interview with a vampire and Brad Pitt. And I mean, it was just, I mean, she recently died like so, a few months ago. Yeah. Um, Cause that was popular Ryan, around that time. Yeah. She was huge. And she was also kind of like the grand dame of, of new Orleans. That was, you know, everybody yes. in new Orleans knew her. So they say she would sit on her. I have a friend off topic just a bit, but of a friend named Stephanie and she was walking by Anne's house one day and Anne told her, why don't you have a cold coat on? It's cold outside. And that's just, I mean, that's just, they say she was just that cool of a person. I love it. Um, so another little side tidbit. By this time, um, Interview with the Vampire already came out and my obsession with Brad Pitt had begun. And I think I was turning 10 or 11 and my birthday request that year was to read Interview with the, Vamp- Interview with the Vampire. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I loved it. I was so jealous of Kirsten Dunst starring with him. <laughs> happened to her kirsten dunce hmm oh, oh we need no. to get back she to just actually got nom- she just actually got nominated for oscar okay so anyways okay. um so tommy is making breakfast and he's like you know put a little extra protein in for the baby and again just precious because this is stuff that i you know could see tommy doing um and because so you would do it you would do it you would make mickey mouse pancakes yeah well i've, I've, I've seen children's meals yeah. Okay. That's true. All right. Okay. Um, so um, as he's making the breakfast and he goes and gets her some juice from the fridge, the baby picture falls off the photo from the sonogram. And he's like, oh no, because this falls by the doggy bowl. And then he's like, we need to put this somewhere safe. And then you're like, oh shit. And this is when he goes into the garage and notices the safe is missing. So um, I was also reading that they were like, how did he not know that the safe was missing? And from what I read that it was actually kind of in like a little nook and then it was kind of covered up. So unless you went looking for it, you wouldn't have noticed. So I don't think it was like prominently out there. I think it was kind of like within like a hidden latch or a hole or something. So it, um, you know, you had to know it was there. So um Anyways, they call the cops and he starts telling them what's in there, you know, like a cross, some guns, some jewelry, money or whatever. And then it finally dawns on Pam that the tape was in there. And he's like, what tape? She's like, you know, the one that I told you to put away, the one of us. And so, you know, he starts telling the cops, you know, it's very important that you find the stuff on there. And then he's realizing that the cops probably won't find their stuff, that they're not, you know, they don't care. Yeah, they, they it's don't not care. that they don't care. Yeah. They have bigger fish to fry in LA than a safe from Tommy Lee's house. Absolutely. So um, at this time, you know, he's like, they're not going to find this stuff. And he goes and sees a PI, Anthony, what, Pelicano? Pella, what's the name? Anthony Pelicano. Yes. Okay. And Take your page. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to dive deep a little bit on this one, guys, because this guy is like he used to be known as the fixer in Hollywood. He has quite a reputation. Um, He actually was sentenced to 15 years in prison for wiretapping. 
Um, he had 78 counts of intimidation and racketeering. Um, he got out of jail in 2019. But there are several other things he was involved with, including Tom Cruise hired him to investigate a magazine editor who at one time had offered $500,000 for proof of Tom Cruise being in a homosexual relationship. Um, the same editor then said he had video of the evidence to support this. And then, um, so Tom, I mean, so Tom, excuse me. So Anthony hired Tom to get this guy. Well, it turns out one of the phone calls that, um, Pelicano was sentenced to prison for, for listening in on was a conversation with Tom and Nicole Kidman when they were going through a divorce. So this guy has a reputation and he was also Michael Jackson's fixer for many years. Um, if I'm sure many people know about the allegations against Michael Jackson, but in 1990, um, there was a kid um, named Jordy Chandler who accused Michael of molesting him. And he actually, if we're going to keep it real, drew a picture of Michael Jackson's penis and said, this is exactly what it looks like. Um, so he was actually arrested and booked. And Michael was actually strip searched at that time. Well, Pelicano, being Michael Jackson's fixer, actually negotiated a multi-million dollar settlement with Jordy Chandler's father. Um, and Michael walked and it was done. Um, but this man, whew, he is a mm -mm, he's got a lot of baggage and he is a bad guy. But that's your introduction to um, Anthony Pelicano. Woof. Yeah, I, I don't have anything <laughs> to add to that. He did that beautifully um so anthony starts asking them you know list of people who may be mad and i wrote it all down you ready yeah. brett michaels <laughs> axel rose um i think blackie lawless mm -hmm. lou adler gene simmons david geffen richie sambora <laughs> mickey rourke um jan what is it winner i think it's wiener but yeah wiener, i know that okay. guy it's like a music industry guy i think or he okay. owns like clubs um bob rock which i wonder if that's a play off of actually kid rock because isn't his first name bob no different bob rock okay never mind cc i just thought maybe they were just like throwing that in there for fun okay cc deville and then john stamos and pam goes john stamos and he's like fucker <laughs> Not Uncle Jesse. No, no, Uncle Jesse. I could totally see Tommy Lee having beef with John Stamos. <laughs> oh my God. Um, you know, the Brett Michaels one is kind of obvious. That's Pam's ex. But I mean, I guess probably just bands battling as well, too. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, so they start asking, is there anybody else? that they might have issues with and this part like I couldn't help just to laugh at like Tommy's oblivious ways you know they're like well we did have a construction crew work over them and she's like oh yeah that guy he's like yeah he was an ass and he's like um did you pay him for his he's like yeah I ended up firing him for doing a crappy job and you know he's like Anthony asked did you pay him and Pam's like of course he's like no and Pam's like wait what and he's like, yeah, he tried to come back and um, get his tools. And he's like, did you give him his tools back? He's like, fuck no. I pulled a gun out on him. And Pam's like, what? Like, how can you be so oblivious? This is like, no wonder people are trying to screw you over. Look at how you're treating them. So um, it dawns on them that it's the construction guy. So next scene Anthony goes to Rand's house and Rand opens the door and he punches him straight in the face 
starts messing up the apartment, asking him where is the tape. And Rand's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. And it's like, I'll be back and you better have that tape. He calls Melton and it goes to voicemail and he's freaking out, telling him what's going on. Um, oh, and sp- what happens, what's funny in the apartment, the neighbor's like, if you don't shut it up, I'm gonna call the cops. And he's like, call the cops. And he continues <laughs> to get beat up. <laughs> So anyways, he calls Milton and Milton's too busy having sex to care what's going on. He's high and having sex. So yeah. Anything to add to that, Paige? <laughs> no, nothing much to add. I think at that point that, you know, Rand realizes he's in deep shit and, and this is not going to go the way he wanted it to go. Yeah. Um, and then I'll, I'll, um, I, I'll say it now because... The next scene will play into this, but Rand talks about overall. He didn't make much off this tape. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you know, when they met with um, Perino, Perano, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. you know, it was it was fifty thousand dollars. I mean, and just yeah. to think of the millions of dollars this tape this tape raked in over time. I mean, he kind of screwed himself on that one. Well, yeah, we'll talk about why how he screwed himself. So mm-hmm. um, he is going and picking up more printing, like the sleeves of the tape. Um, for packaging the tapes. And then he sees a guy in the parking lot of Tower Records and he is, oh no, what had happened is the guy that's working at the packaging place is like, oh yeah. He's like, I got that tape. He's like, but I don't have that nice, um, you know, cover on it. And he's like, where did you get yours from? And so he sees some guy in the parking lot at Tower Record and he's selling them for less, basically undermining Rand and Milton. He's selling them one for $30 and two for 50. <laughs> and, you know, there's not much they can do about it since it's stolen property. Property They don't have it copywritten. And then he's like telling the guy like, this is immoral. This isn't right. Blah, 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 blah. The guy just starts laughing. He's like, oh, okay, you're fucking with me, right? Okay, cool. Do you want to buy the tape or not? And then um, also within the scene, Tower Records, if you know, used to be a huge music store. I miss music stores. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, T- Tower was like iconic. I'm pretty sure it was the last official record store to exist in L.A. before after records, you know, records and now have their comeback. But, you know, when they went away with CDs, um, Tower Records was iconic. And, um, you know, you and I were talking about this a little bit yesterday. But there's like I said, there's all these little Easter eggs throughout the thing. You know, there's like the Edward Penis hands or there's like the Anna Nicole and you can barely see it and make it out in that scene. But there's a small little bit of mm-hmm. um the tragic kingdom poster um from no doubt and that was yes. their that was their you know for your kids that don't realize that Gwen Stefani was in an actual band before she got hooked up with Blake Shelton and he ruined her career um <sighs> you know she was in this really cool band called no doubt who was like really great and awesome but yeah but yeah it was it was kind of cute to see that that being their first album hey <laughs> I'm sorry, like Shelton ruined her career. Um, which she's by the way, country this... music now. I mean, my God, oh, I, they're gonna be the next June and Johnny Cash. Okay, they wish. They fucking wish. <laughs> I still love you, Gwen. I love Gwen. I'm not saying this. It's Paige. <laughs> mm. Um. Anyways, I um, had that album. This is the second album I ever had, and I absolutely loved it. But also, I want to say what's cool about um, music stores is that if you couldn't make it to a concert, your other shot of seeing your favorite band was going to their signing at a music store. You know, um, music stores were pretty big deals. I mean, even here in Columbia, like in South Carolina, 
like the local stores would get some pretty, you know, well-known bands, you know, and like I said, it'd give a chance for fans to go see them. Yeah. Uh, do you, are you, are you old enough to remember Peaches? Peaches. I don't think so. Peaches mm-hmm. was the big music store chain in Columbia. And yes, they did. If there was a show like at the township that night, usually that artist would be at Peaches to sign their record. I mean, like I said, if we go back to the first episode, you know, we saw Tommy Lee at a Best Buy in Atlanta signing before his show. Yeah. Um, so it was back in the day, you had so much more direct connections to artists than you do on this date and time where everybody pays, you know, two, $300 to get the backstage meet and greet. It used to be a little bit more free, 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 free flowing back in the day per se. Mm-hmm. Um, there, I do know it was like a music store. It's like new and used music. It was like off the Bush River area. And it was yes. pop, I know it's talking about. I can't there. think of the name of it. Save my life. Yeah. Okay. So, anyways, um, you know, he goes and tells Milton like this guy selling it one for thirty two fifty. He's like, which by the way is like a pretty good deal, you know, compared to their sixty dollars. So this is kind of like how this tape became, you know, so popular. People are buying the tape and they're undermining it and making their own copies and then they make copies and blah blah blah, and then it's just a chain reaction. So um, the next scene is Pam, um, they're at Pam's trailer, Tommy, Pam, and Pelicano, Anthony. And he's like, yeah, it's definitely ran, and I'll have the tape back as soon as possible by the end of the week. And they're thrilled, they're excited, they celebrate. Pam's got to work, Tommy's going to rehearsal. So Pam's meditating on, on set, and then she gets on, on in her trailer, and then she gets called to set. You know, she's talking to, like, the bodyguard, whoever it is. She's just, like, feeling really great, happy about life. There's a pep in her step. Next, you start to hear her voice, and it's coming from a video. And again, another uncomfortable moment. She sees a lot of the cameramen, who, you know, a lot of people who are behind the scene watching the tape, watching her. Icky. I didn't feel good. <laughs> um, this show has done like a really, I think, a good job of just like really putting you in her shoes and how it feels. I mean, can you imagine you 10 guys, 10, 15 guys right there watching you? You know what I mean? They work with you. They don't even have the decency or respect to be like, nah, I'm not gonna look, you know? Just it's just disgusting. It's gross. It's gross. It's gross and sad. And they use the word sad a lot, but I just, you know, I'm not not here to be prolific on a fucking podcast, but I'm here to keep it real. It's really sad. It's really gross. And at that moment, she's like, I think maybe she's the word you might can help me on this for sure. But I think she was like, she literally said, this is a stolen moment. And, and I do, you feel that you feel that you'll feel that Mm -hmm. later in this episode as we talk about what actually goes down with her and Tommy. Yeah. Um, so next scene is Tommy's in the studio with the band and I had to put this in the notes. He's working on a Rubik's Cube. <laughs> Do you think um, Tommy actually worked on Rubik's Cube's page? <laughs> no, I, but I also wrote this in my notes. I was like, oh, look, it's bootleg Vince again. That's what I call them, <laughs> bootleg Vince. They do not have Vince looking good, at least with like Nikki and what's the other guy's name? Nick. Um, they have so much hair. You don't have to like try hard, but if yeah. anyone loves themselves, it's Vince. Okay. So they did not do Vince good at no. all. No, they did Vince dirty. Poor Vince. Oh my God. Okay. So um, Pam barges into the studio. She's like, I need to talk to you. And, you know, she's telling him about the tape. She's like, they were just like watching it on set. 
and PC's on the tape. He's like, what's this HTTP? And she says, there's a website. And he's like, what's that? And she's like, that's for you to get on the web. He was like, do we even have a computer? And isn't that crazy? You don't know whether or not you own a computer. She's like, yes, it's downstairs and, you know, she say the living room or something, but you need mm-hmm. a connection to get onto the World Wide Web. And again, that takes me back to having like one computer in the house. It stayed in a certain place. And sometimes your parents would like put it somewhere where they had to see what you were doing. So you didn't know what's going on. Whereas now you have so you have the access right there in your hand. Um, I mean, there's like apps and things you can use now to keep a hold of what your kid's doing, but there was definitely way more control and monitoring back in the 90s. And, oh my God. Um, Do you remember chat rooms? Like chat rooms, you guys. I'm like literally because it, right now people are like, oh my God, you know, you get on the Tinder yes. and stuff like that and you meet somebody. But chat rooms are like literally rooms that you went in nobody could see each other and you just talk and you could find a room for like anything cactus or, or plants or um what's everybody doing this weekend or i mean it was kind of like reddit in a room there was a room for anything you wanted to talk about and some of these things were not good places to be i'll tell you that right now um but it was yeah. it was it was the wild wild west in the early days of the web i definitely um spent a lot of time in like chat rooms like and it was easier for like me as someone who just felt like they didn't fit in at school to like find your people online in a chat room you know and yeah oh god good times okay so it's so funny Tommy's like how do you get the web you know just like the way people are talking about it, it just cracks me up um so they end up going to the library and they type in the website. And this is another part where you just remember it was so slow for the web to load. And then you just see it little by little bit. Pamela's hardcore sex video. <laughs> you know, like you can feel the tension with each like word that just like pops up and how slow it is. And so they start, you know, looking down on the website, trying to see if they can find like a phone number or a contact person. And they see that it's um, based out of Toronto. You know, Tommy's like, Toronto, you know, he's here in California. And she's like, maybe, you know, they're running it all through there. So um, he doesn't get caught. And Tommy's like, this guy's stupid. There's no way he's doing it alone. Milton comes out with, I mean, sorry, Anthony comes out with information saying that he's getting help from Milton, most likely. So at this point, Tommy's like, F it. And he goes to get help from Hell's Angels. And um, I was reading because, you know, he and Nikki rides and they were cool with Hell, Hell's Angels members and they would actually help them escort them to like concerts and shows back in the day. So he had like a relationship with them. Did you know about that? Vaguely, vaguely. Um, okay. You know, it, it's funny because it's like Hell's Angels, it's, it's the, the name has such a connotation to it. But it's also kind of like, you know, it's like mafia. It's like Hell's Angels is just a different kind of mafia, you know? I mean, that's like the Southern backwoods mafia, you know, people call them rednecks or stuff like that. And, you know, the people that would used to, you know, drive the moonshine. There's all kinds of different groups, but, you know, I don't necessarily, I know there's some groups that are really rough and there's some that, you know, do Mm -hmm. good things. So it's, it's kind of a crash shoot there. Yeah. 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 Um, So um, you know, he goes, talks to the Hells Angels, and 
they end up going to um, Milton's studio, but before they get there, Rand gets there and he sees that Milton has hired someone to help, you know, with the distribution of the tapes. And Rand's just like, what the fuck? Like, I thought nobody was supposed to know about this. You know, this is stolen property. We have to keep hush hush on who knows about this. How can we trust some like young kid who's like stuffing tapes and packages? So while he's in the Rand's not, I mean, Milton's not there. Milton, basically this whole episode, Milton's just like having threesome, foursome, fivesomes and getting high as fuck. Um, so Hell's Angel shows up at the studio and they start roughing up this other guy. And they're like, you're Milton. He's like, no, I'm not Milton. Rand freaks out. Um, and, you know, he barely escapes. And um, the next scene is he's talking to Milton and telling him about it. And Milton's like, hi, Zakai, not sure what's going on. He asks Rand, he asks Rand if he's ratted him out and he says no. And he's like, can I come in? You know, my house is a mess. And he's like, no, 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 you can't come in right now. Milton doesn't care. Like I said, he goes back to all the women that are there, the drugs, that's that scene. Anything to add? No, no, that was yeah. There's not not a lot to add to that. It's pretty pretty okay. black and white. It's a, that that's yeah. exactly what went on. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So, um, we're back at Pam and Tommy's house. They're in their bedroom. Pam's freaking out, and Tommy is trying to console her. And um, as we've talked about in other episodes, she tries to explain how it's going to be worse for her. And he's like, why? Is it because of your big career? Because it's bigger than mine, you know, male ego. And she's like, it's got nothing to do with my career. It has to do with the fact that I'm a woman. I'll be slut shamed and you'll be high fived, which is basically what happened, you know? Um, So he makes a comment about, it's not like people aren't seeing anything they haven't seen before. So I tell you, I'm telling you, when he said that, when mm-hmm. he said that, girl, I'm gonna tell you right now. And I, I, I get, you know, I, you, you know me. I've been married for 20 years, and first of all, I, that would not be something my husband said to me. But secondly, I mean, I mean, I mean, she did the right thing when she basically said, "Get the fuck out." But I was just like, I just, I just, it was just one of the things that you just, I'm sure to this day, to this day, he probably thinks, boy. If I would have thought about that before it came out of my mouth, it would have been a little bit differently. But I I literally, my jaw dropped at that moment. Yeah, I think this is when you start to see the leak, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, That was just like a tiny little thing where you're like, okay, so Tommy's definitely not going to be looking good in the other episodes. Um, Mm -hmm. Because, you know, before he was an ass, but it wasn't that, it was never to Pam. So, um, oops, hold on, I lost my thing for a second. Okay, yeah, so he makes that comment and she tells him just to get the fuck out, like you said. And then um, Pam starts to feel some pain in her abdomen. And of course, with the baby, she's worried. They go to the hospital where they're told she's lost the baby. And she um, did have a miscarriage in um, real life. But by the time the tape, they had learned about it, she was pregnant again with their first son. So that's just kind of a little bit of like a change. Um, so while they're in the hospital, what song is playing, Paige? <laughs> oh, oh, uh, what's going on by four non Oh my God. It's like, it comes on in the bar and everybody feels like they need to sing it out loud together. And I'm just like, 
it's like the you know the song i was drunk the day my mama got out of prison and she got run over by the damned old train you know it's like it's one of those songs everybody feels like they have to sing it together like it's a group chore and i'm just here to tell you that my psa for the day is we don't all have to sing that song together ever 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 again so we're gonna we're gonna let that go and, and just put it in the music music chest and put it back under the bed Please and thank you. So I told you I would tell the story. The reason why I don't like this song is because when I worked at a bar um, slash restaurant, we would have karaoke nights and one of the workers, one of the servers, she would sing this song and she would go on there and perform and sing as if she thought she was getting discovered. And I'm like, this is karaoke. You need to go up there and sound terrible. Like you're not gonna get discovered singing this song. Just stop. Yeah, I mean, if I'm doing karaoke, it's probably going to be like, I don't know, like some Reba, maybe <laughs> some Patsy Cline, something like that. Maybe Delta Dawn by Tanya Tucker is pretty good. So that's a good karaoke song. But yeah, people that do this, people that do that song for karaoke, they're, they're just trying to indulge themselves. That's what they're, they're self-indulgent people. Um, can we please do karaoke together and sing Kickstart My Heart? Uh, we can. We can. I'm so old. I might have a heart attack from doing that song, but yeah, we can do it. Oh, what a way to go. Yeah. <laughs> Shanika trying to put me in the grave, y'all. She's trying to put me in the grave. Oh my God. Okay. So, you know, they're both feeling terrible. They're leaving the hospital and there's paparazzi because by this time, you know, Pam and Tommy, I guess what they're not really showing on the show is that, you know, they were going out, they were going to events. And like I said, Pam is like bigger than life, big boobs, big hair, Tommy being Tommy. So people were watching them, you know, and I feel like this was kind of like, even though paparazzi was always around, but this was even before Princess died, like they kind of helped like the resurgence of paparazzi being interested in what people were doing, like what celebs are doing in their life, you know? Um, because back then who was really getting married after three days of knowing each other, famous wise, you know? Yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, paparazzi's there. And then this is when we start to see Tommy like getting upset, pushing the photographers away. And it was so disgusting how these photographers would then sue the celebs and they would win for assault predators predator yeah yeah okay so milton uh, next scene milton calls rand rand is sitting on the toilet reading the magazine smoking a cigarette and he says he's leaving the country for a while he's gonna go to amsterdam and make a few tweaks to the banking to make sure the ir you know who doesn't get a hold um know what's going on rand nods and goes yeah that's smart like what a fucking dumbass at this point you hear a lot of motorcycles revving coming up hell's angel they show up to rand's apartment and once again Rand escapes. This time he heads to Erica and she's looking confused as to why he's there. And he's like, hey, can I please come in? So the last um, scene of this episode, Pam and Tommy are at a stoplight again, just, you know, just feeling distraught, just heartbroken. And paparazzi pulls up and Tommy kind of swerves the car a little bit to block the car. Pam grabs the club. Do you remember the club page? Yes. Yes. So, and go on. Oh no, no. So she like freaks out and just takes it and just starts slamming his car and slamming his car and slamming his car. 
and I while he's still taking kids. photos while he's exactly. still taking photos exactly now as i recall during this period of time i never saw pictures of pam doing this so i'm pretty sure this is for part of this um you know this yeah. series on tv mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. what i found interesting when doing my research they were filming this series during covid and they had lots of covid protocols they had to um play by in um la and due to covid protocols lily only had two takes to get this scene right um due to covid pro- protocols i don't know exactly what the protocols were but i'm like you know that's a lot of emotion for two scenes you know that's she pretty mm-hmm. much knocked that out of the park she did a great yeah. job with that scene yeah, because once um, she's done and the paparazzi has driven away, she just has that moment where she takes a deep breath and it's just for a slither of a moment. She feels control and it kind of goes back to what she wants for her career and what she talked about in the last episode, freedom. She felt free. Jane Fonda. Um, yeah. Um, and but like I said, it's fleeting. Um, I... Part of me really hopes that Pam gave it to a paparazzi's car in real life because well-deserved if she did. Um, So yeah, that's the episode. What are your thoughts, Paige? Um, I thought, I mean, each episode really just gets better and better. I mean, these, the, yeah. I guess, you know, we praise Lily and Sebastian, I feel like every episode, but they're truly worthy of it. Um, you know, um, you know, ran <laughs> Seth, um, he's, you know, he's such a douche. He's such a douchey character, such an unlikable character, but it's such a great acting job as well. Same with, you know, yeah. Nick Offerman, um, Uncle Milty. I mean, these four <laughs> you know, dominant characters in this, um, have been really great. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing, uh, that there's a character named Seth that we're going to meet. Um, I can't remember the kid who plays him. Uh, you'll find out some things about how the tape even got bigger than what you originally thought it was um, and how that happened. But we'll see that in a future episode. But um, yeah, I, I've just literally thoroughly enjoyed discussing these. And um, we get a new and Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I'm ready for this. Actually, Wednesday. I think they come out Wednesday, right? Oh, that's a, yeah. Uh, tomorrow's Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm starting to now watch the episodes with like nervousness. And less excitement because it's just like, damn, I don't know. I'm just like, my heart's going out to that. Well, I know it's we, kind of we've like, watched it. We were, we lived yeah. through it. We know what yeah. happened. You know, it's, it's not a pretty ending, but it is what it yeah. is. And I guess you could say we're probably being hypocritical because we're like writing, we're talking about it. But I mean, it's, it's like, it's coming from like true, like love and respect, um, you know, for these people. I know that's probably people are like, shut up. But anyways, it's true. <laughs> Um, <laughs> anywho, um, you guys, so if you're listening, please like, you know, your thoughts, your reviews, comments, um, a couple of people said they have really enjoyed the recaps. Thank you so much for that. We truly appreciate it. We are having so much fun doing this. Um, we're still, yeah, we're trying to decide who we're going to go to next because, um, I, I've just really loved going back and visiting this time in my life. So, Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. We got to, Hey, you know, you're going to see Motley Crue next summer with us. I mean, no, this summer you're going to see Motley Crue. Yeah. I will totally go see Motley Crue. I'm listen, I'm going to manifest this and put it out there. I'm going to go see Motley Crue. We need to figure out a way for them to talk to us because I've got questions. (laughs) Um, 
Okay. All right. Well, you know, I'm, I'm friends with, well, I follow Tommy's wife on it. It's not Tommy's. I follow Nikki's wife on Nikki. Instagram. Yeah. And, um, Courtney. Yes, Courtney. And she is amazing. She has, um, we're totally digressing, but I'm just indulge me people indulge me, but Courtney, she's young. She's beautiful. Her and Nikki had this little girl named Ruby and Ruby's a precious little child. Um, but you know, she is, Courtney has kind of done her thing where like, I'm sure Nikki backed her with a little bit of money, but like, she is a girl that like puts flower bouquets together and she's got like a subscription box where you can subscribe and get flower arrangements from her company each month and you know I think it's neat that she did that instead of just you know saying well I'm married to Nikki Six I don't have to do anything you know I like a a little go-getter initiator you know yeah yeah well she also like you know her thing started off as how-to girl she did a lot of like DIY stuff and whatnot Mm -hmm. which was pretty cool so yeah all right so thank you guys so much for listening um yeah and until next time bye thanks for listening please remember to rate subscribe review share with your friends check us out at selfcreatedpodcast.com email us selfcreatedpodcast at gmail.com you can find us on instagram twitter and facebook you can listen to self-created podcasts on apple google spotify or wherever you listen 